you don't have to be good at everything in order to find success in business. This is The E-Commerce Leader, a show for you, the owner of a thriving online business. In this shorter episode, we bring you our hot takes on topical and central e-commerce subjects, fresh from our expert panel, Chris Green, Jason Miles, Kyle Hamer, and myself, Michael Beasy. Let's jump in. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best Amazon stock management tool. How much has going out of stock cost you over the lifetime of your business? And what is it going to cost you this Q4? Eva predicts precisely what stock you need. It learns from your account and it improves constantly. Eva serves hundreds of private label seven-figure sellers. To get a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Welcome to another edition of the Hot Takes Call-In episodes of the E-Commerce Leader with Jason Miles, Kyle Hamer, Chris Green on the other side of the Atlantic and myself on the correct side of the Atlantic over in London, England, where it all started, mm-hmm. gents. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're talking about metrics. We had a good old chinwag about our favorite marketing metrics, which is an agreeably nerdy conversation, but really turns out to be incredibly important for uh, success versus failure in e-commerce or business generally. And this time we're going to go into some specific marketplaces and this sort of mini series. Today, we're going to talk about right. Shopify, vital Shopify marketing metrics today. And obviously, Jason's the, the probably the main man for this because been on Shopify platform for I believe about a decade right and then also Kyle I know you help Jason's your joint clients out over mm-hmm. at Omni Rocket formerly called winning on Shopify so the clues in the name there and Chris you and I have probably maybe more biggest relationship to Shopify metrics we will find out uh, so let's plunge in and get our hot takes round one Jason what's your hot take what's your vital Shopify marketing well, I love the topic of course and I would say that it might be a nuance here that people haven't thought through but my number one Shopify metric that I'm really liking lately is the second time purchaser metric. Now think about this. To get somebody to your Shopify site is a yeoman's task. You've got to figure out your top of funnel marketing. Maybe you're doing organic, maybe it's SEO, maybe it's uh, paid search. And to get somebody to the site is a big task. To get them to, uh, to buy something, of course, it will just be a fraction of people who visit your site that will buy. But the real trick, the real like where the money starts to really, you know, come together is can you get that person who purchased to come by and back, come back and buy again? And that has to do with many things in your business, how frequently the item is needed and on. But that metric, if you start to look at that, how many of your customers have bought a second or third, et cetera, et cetera, item is uh, vital to the health of a Shopify site, in my view. And uh, you can find that under your customer tab. Uh, in Shopify. So I think that's maybe a nuanced one that people might not have thought through. But in the customer tab, you can see all kinds of things like customers who have come to your site and signed up but haven't purchased anything, people who have abandoned checkout. And there's many metrics there. That's the place I like to And that second time purchaser one is my top one that I enjoy. So to, to look at it, because it tells you so much about what's happening in a business. Excellent. So that's a nice, clean, simple metric for us to wrap our heads around. Love that. Kyle, obviously you work alongside Jason a lot in the uh, Omni Rocket, formerly known as winning on Shopify, clearing the name. So what's your favorite metric that you look at in Shopify? It's interesting. I was leaning towards the metric that you had mentioned last pod on the conversion rate. But actually, I think I want to go a little bit more even meta in terms of just overall general marketing metric that you need to understand and know. And that's the unit 
metrics. Does your product even, is it even going to be survivable on Shopify? Here's an example. If you have a product and you say you're selling it for 20 bucks and it costs you, you know, $15 all in to ship it, source it, get it to the customer, get it into your warehouse and do everything you need to do. And you have $5 of margin on that product and you're brand new and you have no other means of getting an audience. It's going to be a tough sled for you. So I think understanding your unit metrics, even before you understand what, what metrics on Shopify you need, I think that's the first principle you really need to have very deep knowledge and understanding on. And then you start to build on all these favorite metrics. So I think I took it back. I'm just like, I to know that is the foundation for me on Shopify is wh whether or not your product is even going to be survivable as is and what sort of pivots do you need to make if it's not. Yeah, very interesting. For me, that comes back to the thing that marketing metrics often have a financial metric behind them. And uh, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. I've got to say financial metrics first, marketing metrics second. Jay, so Chris, metrics generally seems to be something you have an interesting relationship with. What's your take on the Shopify metrics specifically? I am super thankful that I know people who are good at Shopify and good at analyzing metrics. And I think that's kind of the lesson here. Like, like you don't have to be good at everything in order to find success in business. There are people out there that teach for free. There's out there people out there that teach for money. There's memberships, there's networking opportunities and the things you're not good at. And I think it was Russell Brunson who said, you don't always need to find out how, you need to find out who. So if there's like this brick wall in front of you and you're like, I can't get to where I wanna go, like where I wanna go is on the other side of this wall. I see the road, but I hit this wall. You could try to figure out how to break that wall down yourself. Or you can say, you know what, my man, Jason, like. He is like super good at breaking down this specific exact type of wall. Let me see if I can work with him. He can tell me how to break it down myself, the shortcuts, how to go around it. He can do it for me, uh, done for you service, like all kinds of things. And I think a lot of people get stuck, especially if you have like kind of that entrepreneur mindset of, oh, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it. Maybe you actually enjoy learning new things and, and trying to figure out how to do something yourself. And that can almost be a little bit of a curse because learning it is going to slow you down. So I think people need to identify, do I need to get through this wall super fast? Do I need to learn how to do this, get through this wall myself? You know, maybe not. And that answer is going to be different for a lot of different people. So uh, it, it's good to stay in the game long enough that you get to meet a lot of different people who are good at a lot of different things. And some of those times, those things that they're really good at, they actually really enjoy. So they become super proficient at it instead of just, oh, I begrudgingly learn how to take this wall down and you actually hate it and it slows you down and it, it makes you sour. I'm like, no, find someone who's good at it. And I'm, I'm known for living, giving long answers and I'm not going to do that today because Shopify metrics are not my thing. So yeah, I want to hear how Jason does it because I get overwhelmed. When there's too many things, overwhelmed leads me to inaction. Uh, I want to take action. So I want to, I want to learn from you guys. Great advice. Yeah. Who, not how that, that classic. And particularly when it comes to metrics for specific platforms, whether that be marketing platforms or, or in this case, a sales platform, I guess. Yeah. You can get into the weeds so fast. I'm certainly guilty of falling into that trap of uh, learning stuff and enjoying the metrics too much and then getting distracted. For me personally, I would say I, I got a, a favorite and a question. I'm going to be cheeky here and get some free advice on behalf of a, a client of mine who's doing very well with the Shopify store. So I think my favorite is the breakdowns, again, to Kyle's point, more of a financial metric, but I think that the Shopify interface allows you to do quite well, which is what percentage of your revenue you're getting by product line. Also, I've asked the client today to just look at the percentage of revenue by customer because I want him to dig into how valuable are his trade customers. Uh, so quite a specific reason for that, because if you can sell something um, to somebody more than once, to your point, Jason, that makes them more valuable. But if somebody's going to come back and keep reordering and reordering because it's their business to buy certain types of products and use them, then uh, they're even more valuable. 
So those are my sort of favorite things. Not very, not very marketing metrics or where marketing meets sales, really. I've got a question, though. I don't know if, if this is uh, something you can speak to, Jason or, or Kyle, which is about attribution of sales to paid ads, because obviously that's a critical, one of the critical paths that people take. And we talked about our favorite advertising versus organic. We've got a client who's doing quite well with Google shopping ads, but is really finding it hard to attribute the sales. So how would you deal with that kind of situation or, or related metrics? And do you think they're actually useful or not? Is that a red herring? No, it's not a red herring at all. Kyle can answer this better than I can in terms of the data analytics. We, we track these things with our clients. In fact, there's a killer dashboard product that we have that we build for clients. Kyle was showing it off the other day with a client and he, they were just like, what in the world? How do you show us all this information? It's, it's Google Data Studio product, but it's a, just a different tool. But it is important to break down attribution by ad source and even organic traffic source. Those tools are best done through Google Analytics, but then extenders like Google Data Studio or the product that we use. And you want to have that sorted clearly and have a dashboard view so you can clearly see visually what those numbers look like. I don't know, Kyle, if you have any other thought on that. Yeah, I think that attribution as a whole is not necessarily easy. You do have to get a number of technical things correct. And even then, there is a, there's a challenge whether or not it's it's accurately tracking. What, the, what ends up happening is you have something called like multi-touch attribution. And, and Google Analytics has, has done a pretty decent breaking that down, or it'll actually show you the different touch points uh, that people have done in order to convert. And maybe it'll be like, oh, they saw my ad, but they also searched for me organically, or they came in through my website via my email marketing. And you can see that in Google Analytics quite clearly. So I would say if you're trying to figure out what's, what to attribute, I would dive into your Google Analytics as long as it's configured correctly and see what sort of attribution that your Google Ads does. The nice thing about analytics is the Google Ads attribution piece is pretty dialed in to that platform because it's a Google product. So you can get pretty clear data as opposed to different platforms, which is a little bit more difficult. Yeah, totally. Excellent. Thank you. That's a, a very helpful bit of advice. I'm always afraid of Google Analytics because I, I know it's just that talking of data overwhelm, as you say, Chris, yeah. I always find that pretty horrendous. So round two, any responses to, to current thoughts? Jason, we're all famously picking frame and, and Kyle as well. Yeah. I know you're an analytics and metrics kind of guy. But Jason, let's come back to you. Next, next round of thoughts, responses. Yeah, I'll give you two more metrics that we really love to look at. And the first one is not obvious and is simple to think about. The second one is is more obvious, and but it's vital. So the first one I'll mention is you want to look at your customers and your Shopify site and see who has spent the most money. And it's very simple to do. You just go to your customers tab and then you can sort all your customers by total amount spent. And this is a no brainer. You just, you want to know who your top customers are and how much they've spent. And I just did that in our site. We have 185,000 customers in our site. 85,000 of them have purchased twice. And I can look to see the name of the top customers right here in front of me. The top, just it's a running list and how much they've spent. It's vital for you to do that for your site, just so you understand the order of magnitude that potentially available to you as it relates to long-term customer value. Long-term customer value is always a moving metric. The question is, you know, how long have they been associated with you? But what's their terminal ultimate value to you? You don't know. But so you always have this point in time snapshot. So go figure that out is one thing. My second uh, metric I want to mention, though, is the most vital thing that most people are familiar with is the conversion rate on their site, e-commerce conversion rate. 
and that's a very I mean, all of us know in e-commerce that there that applies somehow and i would just say that for shopify sites it is the little hinge that swings the big doors most shopify sites for the average have about a two percent e-commerce conversion rate and there's three metrics inside shopify they show you that build to that and then it's added to card and then it's is are they in the checkout and then do they can you know complete the transaction and those knowing those is vital and managing to hire and hire frontiers in that space is vital as a shop owner. And there are many things you can, I think I said in the last pod or a few times ago, we had a client who just was brutalized by a low e-commerce conversion rate and spending so much money on effort and energy, but the conversion rate was so low. And he had a custom theme that he had installed from a whiz bang guru who makes and sells themes. And of course, those are always a bad idea, in my opinion. And so he just bought an off-the-shelf theme from the Shopify theme store. And his conversion rate went up by, I don't remember the exact multiple, it was like a factor of eight or 10. It just, just, his theme was destroying his conversion rate and he didn't know it. And so anyway, conversion rate's a huge one. Yeah, it's it's a very striking example of how important the visual um, layout and and functionality of a site can be, isn't it? And we, we don't always necessarily know that unless you test it. And not so you'd want to test every day. The other thing, I just wanted to respond quickly, non-obvious things, the customer who spent the most money, that's exactly what I was trying to do with a, a client this morning. So two further thoughts on that. One is evaluating customer value. There's a useful formula called RFM value for evaluating customer lists. R is recency, F is frequency, and M is money. And obviously the higher each of those numbers are, the more valuable the person, money obviously in my opinion being the most important but if somebody's bought recently from you then they are somebody who's more likely to be responsive to marketing efforts so again in terms of if you've got a big lot of catalog of uh, sorry list of customers after a while focusing your efforts i think it becomes very important to do an analysis of some kind like yeah. that that's um, the old other school thing that, direct marketing metrics for mm-hmm. sure exactly RFM right model yeah. is right yeah Totally yeah, right. which I think uh, are still very helpful. Yeah, it's, totally. it's not as clean and simple as just being a list by the amount of money people have spent, of course. But mm-hmm. if you can be aware of that, it's very helpful, particularly for email yeah. marketing, I think. So the responsiveness mm-hmm. is going to be better for re- recency. The other one is... Um, as part of that mix, if you discover, depending on the type of product you're selling, many products will have a B2B or business consumer type customers as opposed to business to consumer, so business to end user that uses it once. And if you can use, if you can combine those two, sometimes the metrics will show you that somebody's buying an awful lot of something and you can figure out, oh, you get in touch with them or do a bit of a Google and find out they're a business. That can be a whole new strand of, of income, I think, that comes out of that stuff as well, in my, my experience. Yeah, so that's me um, doing sneakily sneaking in my response there, Kyle, or depending on who feels strongest about it. Let me just layer in real quick on what Jason was talking about conversion rate. It's really interesting too because we also had a client, and you look at their conversion rate on their Shopify store, and it it was not good. It was well below two percent. But what was happening was a lot of the traffic organically was going to content on the website, and so what you have to do at that point is you have to you go back to Google Analytics and take a look at the different streams, the different channels of traffic and see where that conversion rate was because hidden within that blended conversion rate in your Shopify metrics was an, was something really interesting that his, the Facebook, the paid Facebook traffic that he was driving was converting at 4%. 
And it's like, ah, if this traffic is converting much higher than anything else, maybe this is something that we should lean into and test and continue to push towards. So I think that you have to be careful about looking at any metric, and especially if it's blended. And there's different times when you want to look a little bit deeper. And I think conversion rate's one of them because you can easily access that information within uh, Google Analytics. Yeah, blended metrics or or big picture metrics can, I suppose, they can be a a good health check, can't they? But equally, yeah, as you say, they can be misguiding as well. Absolutely. Chris, any other thoughts from you? The the marketer in me is just listening to some of the things that Kyle and, and Jason are saying. And I, you guys can't see it, but I got a big poster here with all kinds of different books around entrepreneurship and side hustles and all these things. And I'm thinking there needs to be a book called Hinges by Jason Miles. Because I don't know if you made that up on the spot, Jason, but like little hinges swing big doors. Did you make that up or is that like on the spot or have you used that before? Not original to me. That's a well-known, I think, beyond me little phrase. But it's a great metaphor, isn't it? It's just so relevant to these topics. Yeah, It's great. I, I'd, honestly, I'd never heard it before. So I'm like, this should be another book. And it's called Hinges because <laughs> little hinges swing the big door. So one, you have to find the hinges. And then two, you have to like like grease the hinges, lubricate the hinges. I don't know. What's, I don't know what the best word is for that. But those are things that are going to drive so many. Th- and look, like, those are the metrics, right? Like, why isn't the store moving? Let's take a look at the hinges, right? Like, yeah, the marketer needs just like that. It needs to be a book and a lead magnet and a free plus shipping offer. And I'm totally way off track. You guys are talking about metrics and Shopify, and I'm over here sketching <laughs> book ideas. Get a ghostwriter, man. Uh, I have two but books like, that's in what my contract for right now. I can't do another one called Hinges, but it's a great idea. It's, it's a good idea. It is. I love it. Could it could be a 30 page book, a, like yeah. short, sweet, because it's about something very small and specific. And it's it's mm-hmm. not meant to just be a lead magnet, but it's meant to put something out there yeah. as an example, as a story to conceptualize metrics. Because metrics is boring. But like, yeah. what hinge swings the big door? Now I'm listening and, oh, that's yeah. actually a metric. And how do yeah. I identify and find these metrics? That's where it goes for me. And that's just because I got ADHD and I'm a marketer. There are, so. there are some definite hinges that, that were exp- broken out in this conversation right now. I mean, Jason's talking about uh, conversion rate. We've talked about repeat orders or frequency of purchases. And I think Michael mentioned frequency of purchase, which that's a huge hinge. If you can increase your frequency of purchase on your store, it's going to have a massive impact on your revenue and profitability. I think your average order value is another metric, another hinge that you can spend time in and really get a big outcome of effort into that. And then I think that obviously one of the things that most people focus on, but maybe not as in intent as they should is new customers. What is the plan to acquire brand new customers? Not just sales, because you need to have repeat buyers as well, but how do you get new customers in? And, and then also leads, actually people that haven't bought yet, but are adding them to your email list as a lead, I think is an important e-commerce metric and thing to track as well. So I think those are all super awesome hinges. You have time for me to tell a little quick lead story? That's that goes to Kyle's point. Yeah. Cinnamon and I run a freemium model on Pixie Fair. And that's why we have so many customer accounts. Many of those people have never spent any money in dollar terms because they're downloading free items, digital items. And so that bothered us when we look. Sometimes when we looked, we'd be bothered a little. Wow, this person's been a customer technically for nine years and they've spent a dollar and 43 cents with us. <laughs> you know, it's so bad. But, um, one of the things that happened was when we launched a new program called Sewing with Cinnamon, it's a monthly recurring membership program. We started to look at who was signing up. Many of the people who signed up had never spent any money with us before, but they had been with us for a long time. 
and they converted into a monthly recurring membership model that just worked for them. And I don't know why, honestly, it worked for them. But they went from a lead that was carrying cost on our side to have them in the system. We're happy to have them download the free things. But then they fi- we finally found the right product for them. And so if you're thinking about your Shopify strategy, just realize that people are attracted to your brand or your set of products or your site for some reason. And if they haven't converted yet, maybe it's as simple as finding a new product option, uh, quantity, packaging, variant, different digital modality versus physical, whatever it might be. That is a great place to be in. So acquire as many leads as you can and then figure out how to make a match to what they want and you'll be doing very well for yourself. So there you go. Love that. That's awesome. I guess you don't feel as overwhelmed, right? With metrics. Did you ever feel overwhelmed or is this just always been something you pretty, I like data. I came from IT background, but I also can ignore metrics that don't matter to me in the moment. I think Here's the big secret with any sort of analytics or data. It has to drive towards an outcome. Data by itself is useless. It has to be attached to actionable items and actionable questions that you're asking. The real secret is not do you have the right data or do you have the right analytics? Is that are you asking the right questions to then extract that out of the data to make an actionable outcome and decision uh, plan on? So that's really the question. That's because you're asking the right questions. And I think these hinges that we're talking about and highlighting in here allow you to start to ask yourself those questions to then go and make sure that your data is one hooked up correctly and that you have it and that you are reporting on it frequently enough to, for it to influence your decision making. That's fantastic advice. I, I would just say one of the classic areas where everyone has pain with metrics, which isn't a marketing metric thing, is just doing bookkeeping and financials. And one of the reasons I think people have pain is because they don't know why they're doing it because they, they feel they should. They know they should. They probably heard a podcast by Jason or myself or something <laughs> saying you should. And we're not wrong, but the thing is why if you're trying to ask the question what's my you know gross margin you might get it from an in something like a shopify app or from something that plugs into amazon um if you are trying to figure out what the profit for your business is then you have to do a whole much, bunch more lumber crunching and the question you ask to your point determines the metrics you need and sometimes the the good to your point chris of getting overwhelmed with metrics I think everyone gets overwhelmed with some metric at some point in business is if you are asking the right questions with great clarity, often you'll find you need very few metrics to answer that question in my experience, rather than so particularly I find with anything that generates a lot of numbers, Google Analytics, another one, which I personally find very intimidating. So I'm with you there, Chris. I think that the only way to navigate that with any sanity is to be very clear. And then also to your point, Chris, I would just ask someone like Kyle to help me because I'm just not savvy enough to know where to find the answers. Anyway, gents, a fascinating trip around some more metrics. Um, we ought to wrap up in a second. Any 30-second wrap-up thoughts, very quick fire round. Let's start with you, Jason. Great conversation. Man, this is good stuff. I love this one. Actionable, I think, to Kyle's point, is the main phrase. It's got to be actionable and di- directive in terms of how you're going forward. And that's the whole gist of uh, why you collect data and look at it. So, yeah, love the conversation, guys. Keep it as simple as possible. To your point, simplicity will lead to quicker decision making and faster action. Love it. Try to find who, not, not how. Find someone that knows how to solve the problem that you have, if it's metrics or if it's something else. But especially for metrics, it's overwhelming for most people, yeah. especially me. 
<laughs> yeah, marketing metrics for specific platforms, including Google Analytics and, and bookkeeping, I would say DIY is normally the wrong option. Even if you're going to do it yourself later, you need to have an expert to come in to tell you what to look for, I think. The only other thing I would say is I love this idea of hinges. There's nothing wrong with a, a single title. I mean, little hinges, swing resources is indeed a cliche, but it's a great cliche. And a friend of mine has, or an old business coach, produced a book called Turnover is Vanity Profits, which is the oldest cliche in the world, but it, it exemplifies his philosophy. So I'd love that book. And I think to your point, Chris, hopefully what we're doing with this series is getting um, business owners to get excited about metrics and connect with them emotionally and, and find them intriguing and interesting rather than just off-putting. And if we do that, I think we've done a great thing for the uh, e-commerce leaders of the world. Final thing to say is if you're listening or, or watching, thank you so much for your support. Please keep coming along to the call-in app. We're getting an ever bigger audience there. And we are, of course, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. Do come along there and subscribe if you haven't already. And do give us a, a, a rating out of uh, five stars on any of those platforms if you can. We'd be very, very grateful. Love it. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.